Welcome to the podcast from Stazza's Stable, The Stable Master Speaks. My name's John Starrett, aka The Stable Master. In this week's episode, we'll have a look at the stable news and gossip. We'll also talk about COVID and the impact it's having on training and racing and the autumn marathons and how to combat it and what to do about it if you contract COVID. We'll also cover part two of the marathon and how to periodise your year, looking at the Stazza's Super Base the Marathon Bridge and the specific training. And then finally, we'll round off with what we're gonna go into into the next episode. But first of all, apologies owed regarding the late delivery of this episode of the podcast, Um, but kind of feeds into the stable news and gossip. But Magella and I have been very ill with COVID, not hospitalized or anything like that, but um, bedridden for a week or so. And then it's taken me the better part of two and a half weeks to recover feeling quite fatigued afterwards. Um, also, I'm out in Spain now on a training camp which with some stable mates and emerging talent, uh, Kate Drew, and uh, just just finished that trip now. Well, not finished the trip, but finished the camp. So it's given me an opportunity to sit down and focus on um, getting the podcast done. However, Magella's not here. She's at home cutting the grass as she should be. Um, and just for those new listeners, that's a little bit of a, an in-joke, although... I have heard reports that Podrick Sheehan has recruited her to uh, to manicure the lawns of his castle somewhere in uh, the darkest depths of Cork. Anyway, uh, regarding sort of the, the main news within the, the group in terms of races and PBs and things, in the last three weeks, we've had 42 PBs out of 47 races from distance of 5k to half marathon to, and a few podiums thrown in there as well. So that's been really fantastic. Um, again, the sort of big news really within the stable that feeds into the next topic is a number of people that are coming down with COVID. I suppose in the last two or three weeks, I think we've had nearly 50 people within the group be struck down with COVID. Uh, simply, it starts off with people thinking they've just got a little bit of a cold and in denial that it's COVID because they're testing and testing negatively. And then after three or four days, they start to test positive. So it's what you do really is important. Um, I've brought back over 350 people from COVID over the last two years. So we have a certain protocol that seems to work really well. We have ways of identifying if somebody's at risk of getting long COVID and also how to bring people back from long COVID too. So let's start with um, what happens when you start to feel sick. Regardless whether you've got COVID or a cold, If you're sick, you shouldn't run. Your body's under attack and the best thing for you to do is rest. So there are lots of magazine articles that say if you have a head cold, it's okay to run. If it's in the chest, you should rest. If you have a head cold, you should rest. It's that simple. A, it's not nice running whenever you're sick. And B, you're not actually improving. And C, you're probably prolonging the sickness. With COVID, however, it's a little bit different. The data that I have suggests that the people most likely to end up with long COVID are those who train while they have COVID. They might be asymptomatic or have mild symptoms, so they think it's okay to train, they train away, and then they end up with long COVID. And we'll come back to how long COVID presents as well from a running point of view. Um, Also, those that rest while they've got COVID and come back too quickly and too aggressively, that's also a common denominator in those that end up with long COVID. So what's the correct or what we believe in the group to be the correct protocol for COVID and how to cope with it in terms of your training. 
So what I advise people to do is if you test positive or if you're sick, rest straight away. That's the bottom line bit. Um, when you get rid of, once all the symptoms have cleared and you're testing negative and you feel 100% okay, the best thing to do is to go for a walk and make sure the walk's probably about half an hour to 40 minutes. There need to be a couple of hills in the walk, not big mountains, just like flyovers or something like that. And this is a key part. Have a look what your breathing's like and your heart rate at these moments whenever you've got a little bit of an incline. And this is the indicator as to whether it's okay to come back and, and start running. If everything's okay, then the best way to come back is start off with a 30 minute run the next day, nice and easy, keeping an eye on your breathing and your heart rate. If everything feels okay, then lift it up to 40 minutes, then 50 minutes, then 60 minutes and just keep it there. If that's where your normal run is up to around about 60 minutes or so where it should be ideally. And then in the second week, we do another easy week. This is the second week of running. We keep the runs at the normal daily run rate of 60, 65 minutes. And then we throw in midweek a 20 minute tempo. Now that 20 minute tempo isn't your typical sort of threshold type tempo. It's slower. You start maybe just a bit slower than marathon effort and work down to half marathon effort, keeping an eye on the breathing, keeping an eye on the heart rate too. If everything goes okay then, that's normally a really good sign that you're okay to come back. And then maybe on the weekend, on your long run, throw in a little bit more tempo, maybe something like about a 40 minute tempo at 20 seconds per mile or 15 seconds per kilometer, slower than the 20 minute tempo that you did earlier on in the week. And then after that, you're, you're good to go again and get back. What the evidence is that I have from the stable mates that I brought back from COVID is that generally after that third week, you're about 95, 96% back to fitness. That's people within the group. The main reason for that, I would, I believe, or I would suggest is that we mainly in the group focus working on around 10 mile effort, half marathon effort, and the aerobic benefits of working around there don't seem to be eroded so much as if somebody's working in the anaerobic areas or in the middle distance, you know, so like a middle distance from a 15 to 5,000. In those areas, it seems to take a little bit longer to come back to fitness. So they're the basics. Now, what happens if you run during COVID uh, or you've got COVID now and you've got, done a couple of runs, the best thing to do is stop immediately and just rest. If after COVID, you've come back a little bit too aggressively and you're feeling a bit fatigued and tired and things, the best thing to do is stop running immediately, take a week off and rest and then follow the protocol that I mentioned earlier there about where you start off with like a walk and then 30 minutes, 40 minutes, 50 minutes and 60 minutes. If you find, however, that your heart rate is about 10 to 12 beats higher than normal for an easy run, this is normally indicative of the early signs of long COVID and you need to be very, very careful and stop running immediately uh, and rest probably for a good few weeks and then again, follow the protocol and bring it back in. For those that are struggling with long COVID, or feel that they might be getting long COVID, if you want some help, all you have to do is drop me a message via stasisstable.com and I'm happy to help you for free and give you some information on how to bring you back because there are some other things as well that you can do uh, to get you back in, up and running. So obviously this is going to impact racing too because um, once you get long COVID, you, don't really, you shouldn't really be coming back and racing straight away. Now, a number of people within my group have and have done really well. A fantastic example of that is Kate Drew, who had COVID, came back within a few days and won the Reading Half Marathon. 
Uh, and I've had a couple of other people who, who've done well in marathons as well off the back of COVID. But generally, it's going to take a little bit of time. And this is what you have to be cognizant of now because everybody's dropping like flies with COVID. If you get COVID now, are you going to be ready in time for your autumn marathon? It depends. It depends how fit you were before you got COVID, how you recover from COVID, and then how long your marathon build-up is going to be. But we're getting into the areas now where it's getting closer. If you get COVID, your autumn marathon is going to be compromised. And here's the reason why. COVID is basically going to take you 10 days to get over. It's going to take you a week to ease back into running and another week as well just to test everything out. So you lose the better part of three, three and a half weeks. So let's say it's the end of July. That means most of August is gone. That only gives you September, October. It's not enough time for marathon training. If you try to force the marathon training in in that time, you're more than likely going to get end up injured. So you have to think carefully as to whether it makes sense for you to uh, carry on with your marathon or adjust your plans and maybe focus on getting fit for the autumn to run a half marathon and then maybe picking a spring marathon instead. So think carefully about that. Again, if anybody wants any advice or any help with this, um, just drop me a message through stazastable.com. I've had a few people asking about this and this is why I've uh, sort of broached this topic this week and it kind of feeds in into part two of the marathon training as well, which we'll move on to now. Okay, so in part one on the marathon training, we looked at a lot of the common mistakes people make, sort of back-to-back marathons year each year round and round. And sometimes that means you're doing three marathons within 12 months. So what I suggested in the previous episode is that a person should only do one marathon a year. So they do the marathon, they spend three weeks recovering. We went over that in the previous episode, why? And then another two to three weeks to get back into the swing of things and then going into either sort of lightish 5K, 10K training if they want to you know, maybe tackle some Christmas type 5K, 10K races, New Year races, and then moving on into 10 mile half marathon training to attack sort of January, February, March, April, May into the springtime there. And then before transitioning across into the marathon bridge and then into marathon specific training. So I also alluded to the best kept secret in the distance running world, the Staza Super Base. And whilst I'm not going to reveal all, I'm going to reveal a good bit in this episode. So another way that you can approach your year is you finish your marathon, you take your three weeks off, you do a couple of weeks back at easy running, and then you transition into the Staza Super Base or something along those lines, which lasts about four months. From there, you then transition into the Marathon Bridge and then into the Marathon Specific Training. The Marathon Bridge effectively helps you to get really fit for half marathons anyway. So it's similar sort of to the first example that I use there in terms of periodizing the training. So let's reel it back in and see what this Staza Super Base is all about. Right, over the years, what I've seen and how I've coached as well, like many coaches, we tend to, when we first start off, we use a lot of the stuff that we were brought up on in the sessions that our coaches gave us. And generally, that means sort of maybe a, a speed session on a Tuesday night, a tempo session on a Thursday night, so maybe some hills on Saturday and a long run on the Sunday. But more and more, people are moving away from this type of system because people are getting injured and they're not, it's not sustainable. And people started to move more to the one big session during the week. And then instead of the long, easy run, putting work into the easy run. Now, I know in the UK and in Ireland, what people tend to do in terms of the marathon training is they try to do their long runs on tired legs. So they might do a session the day before and then do 
um, a long run, not quite at marathon pace, but the idea is sort of having fatigued legs. For me, this is just nonsense because uh, it doesn't really give the correct stimulus anyway, and it just increases the risk of getting injured. So way, the way we work within my group is we do a session on a Wednesday and say a session on the Sunday or a session on a Tuesday and a session on the Saturday, and they're quite big sessions. But let's say you're just coming back from your marathon and you're recovering and you've done a couple of easy weeks of running and a few strides or something like that, and you decide it's time that to sort of, to do something a little bit quicker. What most people would do is to say, mm, I'm not quite fit enough yet to do a tempo run or to do long reps. So I'll start off with something like some 200 meters, 300 meters, 400 meter reps, or like one minute or 90 second reps, just ease myself back in. I can cope with those and so on and so forth. But if you think about it, the, the, the jump from easy running down to say running at 5K pace for one minute is a massive jump. So your easy run pace might be eight minute miling and your 5K pace might be five minute miling, 5.30 or six minute miling. That's quite a big jump. And really what you need to do is you need to transition carefully down into those paces because of the musculoskeletal system. Because what generally happens with this is yes, you do get a quick injection of fitness and your aerobic fitness improves very, very quickly um, and you're, you're running quite fast. But the problem is, is then invariably after about four weeks or six weeks that you end up starting picking up niggles because the musculoskeletal system has been exposed to too much stress. So the better way is ironically is to start off with tempos. So how do we do it in the group? Okay, week one, what we would do, and now all the easy runs within the group, you have to be up to as up to the standard of being able to run 60, 65 minutes for an easy run and 90 minutes for your long run. Once you can do that, you have the structural integrity to be able to cope with the super base. That's something that I found over the last few years of using it. Now, you have to look at the super base as the foundation, the hole in the ground. It's not the paint on the walls of your house or the plantation blinds or the doorbell or anything like that. It is actually the hole in the ground that the rest of your running is going to be built on. And then you can modify it in years to come. So it's like cleaning away everything that you believe you know about running, because most of the stuff out there is guffery. So this is a really good start point for you. And as we go through it, you'll understand why. So we start off making sure we can run 65 minutes and 90 minutes for the long run. Then our first workout is a tempo. So what we do is a 20 minute warm up, a 20 minute tempo, a 20 minute cool down. Now let's define what I mean by tempo because there are loads of different definitions of tempo. Really straightforward, nothing to do with lactate threshold or VDOT or Daniels, although it might appear to. All we're doing here is running for 20 minutes at roughly the effort that we believe we could hold for a one hour race. So it is pretty similar to threshold, okay? So that's where we start. So you, you're running along and say to yourself, could I keep this going for one hour? If the answer is yes, you keep pooling along at that pace. When you finish, you say to yourself, could I have kept going for another 40 minutes or so? If the answer is yes, big green tick, well done. If the answer is no, that you went a little bit too quickly, and that does happen, um, it's not the end of the world because this is part of a learning process of learning how to run by feel as well. So you just sort of, it's good to reflect on it immediately and say, hmm, I could have carried on for about another 10 minutes. I think the pace should have been this, that, or the other. The reason why this is important is because when we come to your long run on the weekend, we do what we call structural runs or endurance spine runs, but predominantly in the super base, we're doing endurance spine runs. So the endurance spine run is 30 minutes easy, 40 minute tempo, 30 minutes easy. 
The pace of the tempo, I'm using the same word again, is different to the midweek tempo. The tempo is 15 seconds per kilometer slower than the one that you did in the midweek or 20 seconds per mile slower. Okay, so you can see the synergistic link between the pace of the midweek session and the weekend session and why it's important. Because if you go too fast in the midweek for over 20 minutes, you're going to be struggling for 40 minutes on the weekend. Then let's stick with the weekend. So what we do on the super base with the weekend run is in week two, we do 30 minute easy, 50 minutes at the tempo pace that's 20 seconds slower. So let's put a pace on this to make it easy. Let's say somebody is able to do 20 minutes at six minute mile pace. That's basically, you know, what they believe their hour, hour race pace is. That means when they do the 40 minute tempo, they're doing it at 6.20 pace. So in week two, they'll do 30 minutes easy. They'll do a 50 minute tempo at 6.20 pace and 30 minutes easy. In week three, they'll do 30 minutes easy, 60 minutes at 6.20 pace, 30 minutes easy. So we can see that progression happening. It's, you know, it's straightforward. It's there in front of you. Each week we're adding 10 minutes on at the same pace. When we get to 60 minutes, what we don't do is we don't then go on to 70 and 80. We peel it back round again and go back to 40 minutes, but we run the 40 minutes, five seconds faster. So we run 30 minutes easy, 40 minutes at 6.15 pace, 30 minutes easy, then 50 minutes at 6.15 pace, then 60 minutes at 6.15 pace and so on. However, you can't keep doing that week in and week out because if you do, you're going to ultimately be running faster than Kipchoge, getting injured or getting stale, more than likely getting injured and getting stale. So what we do is we peel off sometimes and drop in a structural run. Now, structural run is developing the musculoskeletal system so it can cope, I suppose, even at this early stage, we're laying the foundations for the marathon training. So we, we don't run easy. We do an 80-minute tempo or a 90-minute tempo, but we drop the pace back 20 seconds slower again. So where we've been doing the 40, 50, 60s at 6.20, we now might just decide to drop in, okay, an 80 minute tempo at 6.40 pace. So you could arrange it something like this, 40 minutes at 6.20, 50 minutes at 6.20, 60 minutes at 6.20, come back round, 40 minutes at 6.15, 80 minutes at 6.35 or 6.40, 50 minutes at 6.15, 90 minutes at 6.35 or 6.40, 60 minutes at 6.15. So you can see how it works, it breaks it up there. And what you're also doing is you're not just wasting that long run and running easy. Another thing that you can do in the endurance spine runs of the 40, 50, 60 ones is once you've done the tempo, so you could go 30 minutes easy, 40 minute tempo at 6.15, five minutes easy, six times 45 seconds at 5K effort of a 115 jog recovery and 30 minutes easy. So what we're doing there is after a few weeks is starting to introduce a little bit of 5K work. It's only five seconds, oh sorry, 45 seconds. So it's safe to do off a 115 recovery. It also just inches out a little bit more mileage into the run and makes it a little bit more enjoy enjoyable. So it's not just boring, okay? And it works really, really well. But what you have to remember is you're also doing the workout in the midweek. So the workout that you're doing in the midweek, again, synergistically works with and complements the endurance spine and structural runs. The reasons why you're able to extend the pace and peel it back around and run a little bit quicker is because of the work that you're going to be doing in the midweek. So how do we progress the session in the midweek? Because as you know, everything is as a stable is done in a progressive structured way. So week one session, the first tempo was 20 minute warm up, 20 minutes at tempo pace, or let's call it six minute mile pace just for ease's sake and a 20 minute cool down. So how do we progress that? We go week two, 20 minutes easy, 20 minutes at six minute mile pace, 
five minutes easy, 10 minutes at six minute mile pace, 20 minutes easy. So there you can see that 10 minutes tempo added on. Okay, there's your progression. Week three, that becomes 15. Week four, that becomes 20. So we end up with 20 minutes easy, five or 20 minutes easy or warm up, 20 minutes at six minute pace, five minutes easy, 20 minutes at six minute pace, 20 minute cool down. Now you're probably there all crying, that's exactly the same as Jack Daniels, B dot, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it pretty much is, but that's not the reason why we're doing it. If you think how it's working with the weekend run, what it's doing is it's strengthening up the musculoskeletal system. It's improving your aerobic system as well. And now you're in a position when you, when you can do 40 minutes of work to start saying to yourself, okay, I can run a little bit quicker because all you're doing at the moment is you're effectively running in and around 10, 10 mile race pace and probably marathon pace on the weekend or just a little bit quicker. So now we can start stepping down through the gears. So how do we progress it? Okay, so we're up to two times 20 minutes at six minute pace. So what we do now is we go 20 minute warm up, 20 minutes at six minute pace, five minutes easy, 10 minutes at 5.55 pace, five minutes easy, two times five minutes at 5.50 pace off a three minute jog recovery and a 20 minute cool down. So you can see we're still working for 40 minutes that's the magic number when you're talking about 10 mile half marathon training. That's where the volume of the session should be in and around 40 minutes. But now what we've done is we've dropped in 10 minutes at 5.55 and two times five minutes at 5.50 pace off a three minute jog recovery. So you can see we're getting a little bit quicker, but not too fast and we can cope with it. That all eventually comes about breaking all the details down of every single session. 20 minute warm up, eight times five minutes at 5.50 pace off a three minute jog recovery and a 20 minute cool down. When you get to this point, you're on what I call the precipice of the V-shaped valley of death. I knew you'd like that one. So what do I mean by that? You're about to go down now and get faster. Now the big thing here is, is I mentioned I think this in the, in the previous episode, most of you shouldn't be doing 5K training where you're doing sessions like eight times 1K and four times one mile and uh, I don't know, six times 800 and things like this, because those sessions are designed for guys in their early 20s who are milers and 5K runners. For most of you who are looking to break three hours, because don't forget this episode this week is targeted at people who are looking to run from 2.30 up to, from four hours down to 2.30, sort of recreational runners. So who are looking to improve. So but you still do need to touch on the paces of 5K, 10K and a little bit quicker, but safely. So by, if we work down from eight times five minutes, which is probably just a bit quicker than, uh, or in and around 10, 10 mile race pace for most of you, working down to, to 20 times one minute, where we're running at 5K pace, when you're doing 20 times one minute on and off, so basically you run one minute at 5K pace-ish and one minute off at a jog, it's safe because you're only down in that area for one minute and that's the equivalent for most of you of doing 20 times 300 on the track with a 100 jog recovery so you can see it's safe you're not running at 5k pace for too long but you're touching that pace and it's still quite a difficult session but what what you'll notice is with that 20 times one minute session the volume is only 20 minutes as opposed to eight times five minutes where the volume is 40 minutes so what we do is we go from that eight times five five minutes down to 20 times one minute and we're improving the pace with each session each week by five seconds per mile. When we get down to 20 times one minute, we come back up the V-shaped valley, repeating the sessions, but this time we don't slow down by five seconds per mile. We're able to hold the paces a lot better because of the endurance spine runs, the structural runs, and all the work we've done previously. 
So where this ends up is you end up doing, where you start doing the eight times five minutes, let's say at 550 pace, you're now doing, when you finish after about four months, you're doing eight times five minutes and about 535 pace. So you can see that 15 second per mile progression on the midweek interval sessions. Also, what happens with most people from beginners to elites on their long run where they're doing the 60 minute tempo, the endurance mind run, they end up running 10K or 10 mile PBs in training comfortably. Now, I wish that that was designed. It wasn't, I have to be honest, that was a coincidence. The idea of the super base was basically to give the athlete an understanding of how to run by feel, to develop the musculoskeletal system, and also the aerobic system as well, and metabolic system. So we achieved that pretty well with nearly everybody that does this, ends up running PBs in training by, I suppose, with about two or three weeks to go. Now, what's also interesting about the super base is the midweek sessions have very generous recovery. So you might be doing a session like uh, 10 times four minutes, you get a three minute recovery, or 10 times three minutes, or 15 times two minutes with a two minute recovery. The reason why the recoveries are generous is so that you can maintain running form at a good pace. And if you think about it, cement that mortises the interstices, basically holds everything together, is the endurance spine run and the structure run. That takes care of the recovery process whilst you're learning to run by feel and to improve. So that's really, really important. But then when you finish the super base, you're, you now have the structural integrity, the musculoskeletal musculoskeletal systems like really strong aerobic systems strong you're feeling confident it's a really good idea to go and do a 10 mile or a half marathon race just to see where you are now bearing in mind the super base isn't designed for you to race but again coincidentally it does seem to prove or most people who come out of the super base tend to run really substantial pbs over 10 mile and, and the half marathon and that's a great starting point you know to have your fitness because you're only just beginning your journey through the year you've done four months of your training plus sort of like your recovery in another month so that's five months in now what we do is we step into the marathon bridge and what the marathon bridge is preparing you for the specificity of the marathon training so those endurance spine runs we keep them in okay but they now become closer to your marathon pace and you might be thinking how does a 60 minute tempo become my marathon pace quite easily really so what we do is it could be that you started off let's use the six minute for the 20 minute tempo and 620 for the endurance spine run you're now running your endurance spine runs 60 minute tempos at six minute mile pace so where you started off at the endurance spine was 20 seconds per mile behind your 20 minute tempo at one hour pace, you're now running at one hour pace quite comfortably. So what we need to now focus on is giving you the strength to extend that 60 minute tempo out to marathon pace. And how do we do that? Okay, we carry on doing the endurance spine runs, but we also intersperse them fortnightly now with a structural run. So you go endurance run, structural run, endurance spine, structural run like that. And that starts to give the, the I suppose, the more emphasis on the structural integrity for the preparation of the marathon specific work that we're about to do. So you're doing more of the 80 and 90 minute tempos as well, okay? In the midweek, what do we do? Okay, a whole range of sessions and it depends upon the individual and what they need. But what we start to work on now is mixing up the reps and not, we don't, we don't do so much like 10 times three minutes or 15 times two minutes. We might be doing something like 10 minutes plus eight minutes plus six minutes plus four minutes plus two minutes, all off a two minute jog recovery. We start to shorten the recoveries 
do some longer reps mixed in with shorter reps and going through different paces. We might do something like um, the lactate grenade, a session that I, I use quite regularly with people. Um, we could do um, different types of sets of things. So you might be doing sort of three sets of uh, three times five minutes, three times two minutes, three times one minute where you're changing paces, all again off shorter recoveries. There's so many different sessions you can do um, out there. But the idea is now to get you so that when you go into the marathon specific training, the pace is going to feel pretty comfortable. So we're still working with the midweek sessions at trying to do uh, improve our half marathon. So some great sessions for that are the eight times five minutes. But what we now do is take it from eight times five minutes of a three minute recovery to 75 seconds. So it becomes more like a true lactate threshold session of reps. Great session or seven times seven minutes off three minutes is another good session as well. We have a whole range of half marathon sessions that we use, but depending on the individual and what they need. But this is again, is we're inching out from the super base to longer reps and longer runs to prepare the structure integrity so we can cope with the marathon specific training. Now, many of you have heard of my podcast I did with Marcus Brown on how to run a sub three hour marathon. If you haven't, it's a really good listen. I recommend you go and listen to it. Um, but in there, I talk about the marathon build-up. Now, most people, when they do their marathon-specific work, spend too much time on this. And I understand that. I was kind of the same when I was training. We all want to be super prepared for things, and everybody's got this fear of the marathon. They think they've got to be super fit. Not so. People spend too much time getting ready for it and doing long runs, long hard runs too soon. The way to approach a marathon is this. Make sure you're fit coming into it. And if you follow the example I've just said now, you'll be fitter than you've ever been in your life, okay? Then 10 to 12 weeks before your marathon, pick a half marathon. Go and race the half marathon hard. And let all things being equal, you know, weather conditions and things like that. From that, you'll have a really good idea what your marathon pace is going to be. Now, the old school way was two times your marathon pace plus 10 minutes. Sorry, two times your half marathon plus 10 minutes for men two times your half marathon plus eight minutes for women. That was the old school way of doing it. But with the new marathon training, really what should be happening is you should be doubling your half marathon and adding six minutes. If you're doing that, that means that, you know, that you've got your marathon training right. So how do you get your marathon training right? Well, we kind of stay along the same sort of vein with the endurance run and the structural run, endurance spine and structural run. But we now change it from marathon specific and structural run. So you run your half marathon. Let's say you, ran, you run your half marathon at six minute mile pace, just for example, okay? What that means is that's the first session of your marathon specific training. The next week, what you would do is something along the lines of a three mile warm up, 12 miles at 30 seconds slower than marathon pace and a three mile cool down. So you've got an 18 miler in there, yeah? The week after, you do a marathon specific session. So you do a two mile warm up. 15 miles at marathon pace, two miles cool down. And that sounds like quite a big session, but don't forget, two weeks before you've just run a half marathon, probably at about 20, 25 seconds per mile faster. So if you're running at six minute pace for a half marathon, you're probably running 6.20, 6.25, somewhere around there, okay? So 15 miles at marathon pace is actually quite easy once you've done all of this. Then the following week on your long run, you extend out the 12 miler that you did. So you now do three mile warm up. 14 miles at 20 seconds slower than marathon pace, three mile cool down. So what we've done is we've increased the speed by 10 seconds per mile 
and we've extended that from 12 miles to 14 and the total distance of the run is 20 miles so you're now in that structural area where you're beginning to cope at pace with the marathon specific work then the week after that you might do a two mile warm-up 18 miles at marathon pace and a two mile cool down that normally ends up being about four to five weeks out before your marathon okay so you've got a 22 miler in there with 18 miles at marathon pace if you tick that run off that's the pace that you're more than likely going to run for the marathon based on all the empirical data i have from 37 years of coaching but that has to be complemented then with the structural run the final structural run which is three mile warm-up 18 miles at 10 seconds slower than marathon pace in the three mile cool down so you're getting a 24 miler in there but look at all of those runs together that i've just said there from the half marathon up to that 24 miler okay then what we do we taper the long run down and into the race from four weeks out so you're four weeks out you might do the 18 miler at marathon pace or you might do the 18 miler at 10 seconds slower the structural run which is 24 miles but three weeks out you should be doing two mile warm-up 15 miles at marathon pace two mile cool down a repeat of the previous session but it will be much easier this time two weeks before the marathon two mile warm-up 13 miles at marathon pace two mile cool down week before the marathon two mile warm-up eight miles at marathon pace two mile cool down there are your long runs all the way through the marathon dead simple beautiful progressive structured training now what do we do during the midweek again what a lot of people in the uk and ireland are doing at the moment is they're copying canova stuff so they're doing the old eight times 2k six times 3k off the 1k float recovery uh five times 4k four times 5k so on and so forth but what most of the coaches in the uk and ireland don't understand is these sessions are designed for altitude not for sea level so quite often i watch these sessions and people are doing them and they're getting the pacing completely wrong so that's another thing now for people who are running slower than 230 you don't need to be going anywhere near these sessions in fact you don't need to really be doing those sessions anyway and you definitely don't need to be doing um canova's double day sessions as well because they're, they're pointless most people get injured that do them anyway and that's evidence with a lot of runners in the uk and ireland at the moment who are doing them you don't need to do the, those type of sessions uh, really those sessions are designed for people who are running around two three two four for a marathon who can sleep all day and still they tend to get injured with uh, as, without mentioning any names but there's a few quite famous runners who've had stress fractures of the pelvis recently anyway we'll park that one and come back to where we are I just heard Magella's voice there, put me back on track. Anyway, so that's the long runs done. The, the midweek sessions, what you need to focus on, if you can see what we've done there with a the long run, everything is about burning glycogen in an economical way at marathon pace, and that's what the marathon's about. So it's glycogen and marathon pace, they're the two things, okay? So you have to practice your fueling strategy. That's something I'll talk about another time and how it complements and works in with the training. But anybody who wants to know that already, you can go to my Strava feed in my post section, about six post downs. There's a flow chart about how to fuel for the marathon in training and in the race. There's also on my Instagram, stable underscore stable, the flow charts there as well. Or if you want a copy of it, I can send it to you. Just drop me a message through stazastable.com and I'm happy to fire that out to you as well. Okay, so that's the long run and the fueling. Now in the midweek, what you've got to be careful of is not just undo all of that hard work because you're focusing everything around burning glycogen at marathon pace. If you start racing 5Ks and 10Ks and doing really fast work, in your marathon build-up, you're undoing the 
hard work that you're doing on the weekends. So you've got to imagine that the marathon's like driving a Volvo from London to Glasgow, something like that, okay? And it should be purring along. If you start doing little bursts by throwing in 20 times one minute or, uh, I don't know, five times 1K or something like that, like a boy racer on the motorway, you're undoing everything. You're, 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 you've been training the body to burn glycogen efficiently at marathon pace or just a bit faster. So most of your sessions should focus around half marathon pace, a little bit quicker than marathon pace, okay? And then, okay, if you need to, if you're struggling with the pace, occasionally you can drop in a quick session a little bit faster, probably around 10K pace. A really good session I would recommend is if you're struggling to hit the half marathon and marathon pace, is just drop in 10 times three minutes of a two minute jog recovery, the three minutes being at 10K pace. It's not too, um, I suppose, corrosive in that it will take away from the marathon pace work that you're doing as well, but it can help just lift the pace up. Now, typically in the UK and Ireland, people do a half marathon four to six weeks out. Again, not a good idea, completely undoes everything that you've been doing all the way along. You should not race during your marathon buildup unless you need to do a 10 miler or something just to get a little bit more speed into your training. So a half marathon and a 10 miler is not a good indicator of your marathon training. They're completely different events. What they can do, they can give you a rough idea of what pace you should run for your marathon, but they're not good indicators. So if you're running a half marathon four weeks out before a marathon and you're smashing it and running a really good PB, that's a bad sign because it means you're in half marathon shape and not marathon shape. So if you feel that you need to race during the build-up, the best thing to do is pick a half marathon or something, run it at marathon pace, and then add on the extra miles that you need for the session. Okay? So hopefully there, I've given you a good idea with a little bit more detail uh, about how to periodize the year for the marathon. Okay? Now, I just want to come back to something because somebody was asking me a question about hill blasts. Now, in the super base and in the marathon bridge and in the marathon specific training, you should be doing hills. Now, there's lots of different ways to do hills. Um, the way I used to do hills was like doing things like 10 times one minute or eight times 90 seconds and things like this, or six times three minutes. Completely the wrong thing to do. That's fine in the winter training for a mile or a 5,000 meter runner who's sort of in their early 20s, that's fine. But for most people doing hills like that, your form's gonna go, okay? The type of hills that you should be doing and the best bang for buck session that anybody, any distance runner can do, whether a 20 year old miler up to somebody who's looking to run 210 for a marathon is eight times eight second hill blasts. You've heard me talk about them before. Basically what these are, it's an exaggerated type of hill sprint where you're recruiting fast twitch, twitch fibers that improves your running economy and gives you a lot of power and strength in your stride as well. But I'm gonna talk about them another time. So, but you should be incorporating them in and I'll explain to you how to bring them in as well because you have to be careful because you know they're, they're quite sort of like 98 to 100% effort the other session is 12 times 12 second hill reps off a jog back recovery. Again, a completely different session, but I'll explain them in as well in a future podcast. And also how to use 30 second hill reps in broken tempos and at what part of the year to use those. I'll talk about that in a future episode. But next week's episode is going to be all about the elite marathon training. And I'm going to use the specific examples of three guys that I'm coaching at the moment who are probably 2.7 to 2.9. And we'll use their training and what they're doing to, as the examples of how to uh, an elite runner should be uh, periodizing their training throughout the year. 
Anyway, hope you enjoyed it. Anybody's got any questions, drop me a message at stazestable.com or you can drop me a WhatsApp message at plus 353-083-043-5669 or just give us a little tickle on Strava or on Instagram. Anyway, take care. I hope you enjoyed it.